Hello, and welcome to my episode. My name is Kayla Lee. I'm a first-year student at Randolph College. My major is sports and exercise studies, health, and fitness. I plan to one day earn my master's degree in athletic training. I'm also considering getting a doctorate degree in physical therapy. Before taking this class, I did not know a lot about the history of African Americans. My high school education consists of the basics. We learned about slavery and how President Lincoln freed the slaves, and we very briefly touched on the history of black freedom movement, including learning about African American leaders like Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks. This semester in our African American in the construction of America, I have learned a lot about African American experience, which has really opened my eyes on how African Americans were really treated. Another important thing you should know about me is that I've been around people with disabilities my whole life. Coming up in this episode, I'll be talking about disabilities, and I think it's important that you should know where I'm coming from. We'll focus on The Good Lord Bird by James McBride, which was published in 2013. McBride is an author, musician, and screen writer who has won many awards. He is a staff writer for the Boston Globes, People Magazine, and Washington Post. His work has also been published in The Rolling Stones and The New York Times. He has also written the books The Color of Water and Miracle at St. Anne's. He is told in the book The Good Lord Burp. This novel is part of the historical fiction genre. The book provides many historical details, but the author places his focus on the characters and the events rather than the history. The book is set in the United States when slavery was a dividing issue. During this time period, the South was trying hard to hold on to the instruction of slavery, while some Northerners spoke out loudly against it. The country was also moving Western, which further complicated the issue because each new territory was added. Additional pressure regarding free or slave state was being addressed. The book is divided into three parts, which each part features one of the main character's perspective. Part 1 takes place in the Kansas Territory. It follows a young man who pretends to be a woman as he begins his adventures with John Brown. I want to take time to tell you what I mean by a young man who has to pretend that he is a woman because this part can be a bit confusing. The main character is an African-American boy named Henry, but when his pa and the old man were talking, John Brown misunderstood his name as being Henrietta. Later in the book, the old man started calling Henry Little Onion or Onion for short. Another important character introduced in part one is Frederick Brown. He is the son of John Brown, and as a reader, I could tell that he had some type of disability. He became friends with Onion. When reading part one, you get a sense that the only person Onion really feels comfortable with is Frederick. He did not feel as comfortable with Brown because he saw him as a killer. Part two takes place in the Missouri Territory. At this point in their journey, Little Onion is separated from John Brown and he is living in a whorehouse. The man who caught him and another African-American man on the trail took him to the whorehouse. Onion begged to be taken into the town, stating that he can be employed as a trim. Here, Onion was referring to cutting hair, but the term trim was also used as a term for prostitution. This is where he met Pi, a beautiful African-American woman who is a prostitute slash trim. Henry falls in love with Pi. Although, although she realized that he is actually a male, Pi decides to go along with the secret and starts to look out for him. And there, he was there for two years before John Brown found him and they took off together again. Part 3 takes place in the Virginia Territory. Onion is now back with John Brown. In Virginia, Virginia, they meet up with Frederick Douglass, who intends to help John Brown with his mission to free all the slaves. Interesting, McBride does not portray Douglass in the best light, but there is a reason for this. Frederick Douglass has a wife and a mistress. At one point, he even tries to seduce Onion. At this point in the story, Frederick Douglass agrees to help John Brown, but not 
in the same way that brown's followers have helped him douglas is really not the man that would go and fight in war with guns like brown and his followers would there's so much things that happen in this book that i don't want to give any of it away the following quote from the book that really stood out to me was everybody's got god on their side of the war problem is god ain't telling nobody who he is for this is really important because John Brown believed that God sent him to end slavery. He felt that this was his life mission. He dedicated all of his time, money, and power towards ending slavery because he believed that God has ordered him to do so. It is important to remember that even though some people think that God is on their side, God does not tell you if he is or if he's not. This book was recently turned into a TV show with the same name. To publicize the show, the actors who played John Brown, Onion, and the author James McBrown were interviewed. The actors really liked the book. They felt that everyone should read the book and watch the TV show. I personally love the book and think it's really good. I felt that they did a really good job of playing the character. While watching the show, you can really tell that they took time to study and develop each character. Joshua Caleb, who plays Onion, went into detail about why Onion felt that he had to take on a female persona. Onion felt that the best way to survive alongside Brown was to be a girl, because if he was a girl, then he would not have to fight. He knew that if Brown knew he was a male, he would expect him to become involved in the fighting. He talks about how once Brown has his mind set to something, there's no changing it. You can really see this in the show because they have the actor for Onion, a man. In the show, they even made Onion look like a man and not really a girl. There's even one point in the show where Brown asks Onion if she's blood yet, referring to his menstrual cycle, and Onion says no. They could have made Onion look like a girl, but they didn't in order to show that Brown is oblivious and that once he puts his mind to something, there's no changing it. The interview with James McBrown focus on the characters and the humor of the book. Once you start reading the book, you can't put it down. When reading the book, McBrown has written Brown as a crazy person and it's really hard to tell if he likes Brown or if he thinks he's just a crazy person. When asked about it, he said he loves Brown, but he is crazy and he wanted to portray that but in a humorous way and he does such a good job at it. A lot of people do not like how Frederick Douglass is portrayed in the book. There is a history that a lot of people do not know about Douglas and McBride was hinting at it in the book. Douglas has a wife, but he also has a mistress on the side, and he wanted to tell us about this. McBride wanted to write a book about history of Brown and slavery, but he wanted it to be a fun read, but also a read where you learn about history. I honestly believe that we should read this book and learn more about him in our history class. I did not learn about him until my freshman year of high school, and I was not taught much about him except that he was crazy. Avery Payne, a student who is also in my class asked the question about John Brown during one of our class periods. He asked, was John Brown white or black? Brown was white, but there are some artworks that show him as a darker skin. This demonstrates that he was seen as a hero for the enslaved African Americans. My brother, who was a history major, knew about him and said that at that time he was one of the few white Americans who did not, who was not racist. During this period, North did not have slaves, but they still did not want to want to sit next to them or consider them as equal. For example, President Lincoln was against slavery, but he did not believe that African Americans were equal to white Americans. Further, many Southerners were ultimate races and saw African Americans as property. On the other hand, Brown spent much of his life fighting to end slavery. He was truly ahead of his time. I want to leave you with the last words he wrote before he was killed. I, John Brown, am now quite certain that this crime of the guilty land will never be purged away from but with blood. I had, as I now think, various letters myself that without very much bloodshed, it might be done. Thank you for listening to my episode, and I hope you enjoyed it.